37. I want to say to Brother and Sister Singleton, Brother and Sister Gleason, members of the district board, thank you for all of the kindness shown to me. I deeply appreciate it. I love and appreciate so many people of this district and old friends that we have made through the years. It's good to be back with you. And I very much appreciate the receptivity of the Word of God of this district. The response to the preaching of the Word of the Lord um, is deeply, deeply gratifying because it's something when you know you're dealing with people that love the Word and take it in deep. Praise God. So we appreciate everything. One, uh, I'm almost out of books. Thank you for those that have purchased. There's a few left. I, re I did forget to state that the, the book, What a Difference a Line Can Make, we do have translated in Spanish back there. And um, I'm finding an ever, ever, ever greater uh, call for that. But I, I think I forgot to mention that we have a few here. I'm going to begin reading at verse number one of Psalms <clears throat> chapter number 137. I feel very much in the Holy Ghost uh, tonight. I feel like the will of the Lord, uh, we want it to be done, you want it to be done, and I feel like if we'll all dive on board that, that it will be done tonight. God wants to talk to everybody in this house. And I pray that he gives us ears to hear from the eldest to the very youngest that our hearts will perceive his word. Verse 1, Psalms 137, By the rivers of Babylon there we sat down, yea, we wept. When we remembered Zion, we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth. Saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land. If I forget the old Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth. If I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. Let's pray together. Lord God, we are mindful of you and of your exceedingly great and precious presence that has engulfed us. Lord God, we want your will to be done this night in our every single heart, in our every soul, in our every mind, in our every spirit. And, oh God, in all, all, all of all of our tomorrows, Teach us, God. Reveal to us, God. Illuminate us, God. 
Open, God, the windows, hearts, minds, doors, and souls of our understanding to receive of your word and your will. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Thank you. God bless you so much. You may be seated. In this psalm that we have read from, this is not a psalm of David. We do not know the author. We do know that he was part of that number that was carried away captive and taken into the strange, strange land of Babylon in the times of Jeremiah, the prophet Ezekiel, etc. We know that Nebuchadnezzar's coming had been foretold of long season and Jerusalem and the surrounding area of Judea had been given many, many, many opportunities and calls and beckonings to repent. They did not do so. They did not accept the preaching of God's prophets. And so now the time came. And though Jerusalem was left, it was left in shambles. The temple, as was prophesied, was destroyed. That great, magnificent temple erected by Solomon, designed by David. And so now those days were over. And Jerusalem, as they understood it, would never be the same. Especially for that generation. And for many, many, many to come. The peoples that were carried away into Babylon, generally speaking, were the people of the greatest promise. And that is promise based on Nebuchadnezzar's point of view and that of his, his captains and his intelligentsia. What they took away were people of means, were people of substance, but more importantly were people of brains, of spirit, of education. The Bible lets us know that the poorest amen of the land were allowed to remain. The reason those of great aptitude and, and possibilities and abilities were carried away is that Nebuchadnezzar had determined that what he was doing there, he was doing throughout the world that he'd conquered, so that into his kingdom would flow a, a mind surplus, a, a, a brain surplus, amen, that there would be people that once they became indoctrinated, once they became acclimatized, once they became acclimated to the Babylonian world, he would then use them for his purpose, his kingdom, the furtherance of the power and the glory and the majesty that was Babylon, that great city. And so they were carried away. And of those that were carried away, we find that there are three main attitudes exhibited by the captives. Now I'm, I'm starting out 
slow tonight. I, uh, that doesn't bother me. It certainly doesn't make me nervous. I uh, am sometimes like a train trying to get out of the station. And it's a chug here and a chug there. And if you hang on board, maybe we'll blow the whistle before we get out of here. Praise God. But in that world of Babylon, we find that there are three attitudes in the main. Two technically, one predominantly, one rather small. But they're the three attitudes that are exhibited to us in the Scripture. The first one, amen, is the one from the text that we have read. They are in that vast, crazy, mighty, powerful world of Nebuchadnezzar. A kingdom of magnificence that even God in the vision that he would give him later would be, would be termed as a kingdom as it were of gold. The media Persian Empire that would precede it would be at best silver. The Grecian Empire introduced by Alexander the Great would be brass. And then down to the Roman Empire Amen, which would be iron, legs of iron, and then down to a time in which we live where it's partly strong, partly weak, partly iron, partly clay, where you have nations like the U.S., amen, Britain, others that are relatively strong, and then nations that are very, 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 very weak. But so great and magnificent was Babylon that God equated it with gold. And that was not a lesson that was lost on Nebuchadnezzar, as we shall see. But in that kingdom, there was anything and everything that you could possibly want that was provided for by the world at that time. I would like to stop here, and if I could draw a parallel... I'm not preaching overseas. I'm not in a third world country. I am talking to people of the beautiful state, very, and I mean that, beautiful state of South Carolina. And we are part of the United States of America. And can I, can I tell you that for all of its problems, the United States of America is the greatest nation on earth. It is the greatest nation on earth. It's an amazing thing to me that a nation that is so hated and so reviled around the world by so many, yet there is no nation under the sun where so many millions would give anything to live here. Now, that does not mean that all is necessarily rosy. There are reasons that much of the religious, whatever religion you want to tab on it, when I give the statement, we'll of course think of the Muslim nations. There is a reason that we are referred to as the great Satan. And it is not just because of political policy towards the nation of Israel. It really isn't at all. That's a part of it. But it's just a part. 
When you consider their world, their stands, amen, their, their beliefs, their concepts, and when you consider what America produces, if you will think about nations that American culture is affecting them like a veritable tsunami, when you consider the American music, and some of it is and some of it isn't, but it's called music, that is pushed and pulled and drawn in and, and accepted by youth around the world with every filthy lyric, every vile portent that can be thought of. If you think, amen, of the pornography, much of which is based out of my back door in San Fernando Valley, that is the center of pornography of the world that is going out. When you consider that it is America that owns and is not relinquishing, amen, its ownership governmentally of the Internet, when you consider, amen, all of the lifestyle attitudes a man of immorality, of lewd dress, of vulgarity that the television slash Hollywood media has pushed throughout the world, the homosexual lesbian agendas, amen, all of these things are coming out like a tsunami out of the United States of America. There is a reason we are called the great Satan. And yet, here we are. We are one God, Jesus' name, apostolics. We don't live like the world. We don't walk like the world. We don't talk like the world. We, we, we march to the beat of a different drum. We're in love with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We love His truth. We love His gospel. We love His righteousness. And yet... Here we are in Babylon. In Babylon. It's all at our fingertips. It's here. Amen. And with the advent of technology, it's as if, amen, the Nebuchadnezzar of this world has picked us all up and dropped us in a strange land. And can I tell you that it has affected us? And if you don't think that it has, then, then, then you're fooling yourself. Amen. Just as it affected those of that day and that time. And the three attitudes that I find in Babylon of that day are the same three attitudes that I'm finding. Amen in the kingdom of God. The first one, again, is the one which we have read. It was people that remembered what it used to be like. It was people that remembered the days of old. It was people that knew what Jerusalem was supposed to be. Its temple, its glory. It was people that understood, amen, the purpose and plan of God that had been thwarted. And the response was, they sat down by the rivers of Babylon. 
They wept, they wept, they wept when they remembered Zion. They hung their harps on the willows. Amen. Those that they were carried away by required a song. Sing us a song of Zion. But their hearts were heavy. And they said, how can we sing a holy song in this strange land? And if I forget the old... And on and on and on. Amen. There is a, there is a certain nobility. There is a certain something that is precious in their attitude for things lost and gone. But I would like to point out to us that for all of their weeping and all of their sorrow and all of their remorse and all of their despair, that response changed nothing. It affected nobody. At most and at best, the only heartstring it could pluck in the heart of a Chaldean was maybe pity. Those poor, pitiful Israelites. Those poor, pitiful Pentecostals. Weeping, sobbing, in remorse and despair for days gone by and precious holy things lost. But can I tell you, again, at best, it produces nothing. It changes nothing. It affects nobody. It advances no cause. It did not rebuild one city. It erected no temple. It reestablished no wall. It did not build the kingdom. Amen. There's a certain nobility. But it's not going to affect our world in a positive way powerful manner. And we're not just here to be here. We're here to do something, folks. Hallelujah. We are here to affect our world. And I can promise you this, the church of Pentecost that I read about that started in the pages of Acts chapter 2, it didn't start with an explosion to go out in a whimper. Hallelujah. My God is going to have a church a one God, Jesus name, apostolic, powerful church that will affect this world. But our text gives us one of the three attitudes. The second attitude that we see of those that were carried away into their Babylon was that number of people, sad to say, percentage-wise, vast. That doesn't have to be that way, but it was then. That compromised. They went with Nebuchadnezzar's scheme. They absorbed his plan. Between the king's names, apparels, and the king's food, and the king's wine, and the king's ways, and the king's, eventually the king's gods. They kept changing, 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 assimilating, assimilating, assimilating by degrees until you could not tell the difference between them and their Babylonian and then later Persian captors. 
They looked like them. They walked like them. They talked like them. They ate like them. They drank like them. They lived like them. Amen. They were entertained by what they were entertained. You could tell no difference. And as a people and as a culture, can I tell you, they were assimilated to the point they were lost. They were lost, and they never did return, and their identities were over. It was finished. They ended up as part and parcel of the product, the warp and whoop, woof and weave of the fabric of those nations, and when those nations disintegrated, those people went with them. The third and relatively very relatively smallest and least of all numerically was a group that they didn't sit under trees weeping and they did not compromise their lives and spirituality away and they were non-compromise and non adversarial non-adversarial but non-compromise amen I read about this number this special number and I pray God I'm talking to that group right now tonight in Jesus name so when they were carried away these people with so much promise, amen, and so much potential that Nebuchadnezzar and his henchmen recognized it. Can I tell you that I'm looking at a people of promise and I'm looking of a, at a people of unbelievable potential. Amen. There is a, there is a reason, amen, that, that, that we are such a blessed people. I'm not going to take the time to go through all of the minutia, but there is a reason, amen, that, that the musicians and the singers, amen, and the songwriters of Pentecost have traditionally been so powerful and so blessed, and they have cut such an unbelievably wide swath in the gospel music world to where it's caught so many people's attention that we and our ministers have been asked repeatedly, why are your people so blessed? I'm going to tell you why, brother. Amen. Because God blesses righteousness, and God blesses truth, and God blesses holiness. And there's something about God. I believe this. I believe, I believe this till the day I'm raptured or the day I die, that God always saves the best for himself. Amen. Hallelujah. There is a reason, and I could start calling names right now, of very well-known uh, ministers slash pastors slash evangelists slash whatever, from around the denominational nation that are looked to that I know for a fact that they cover the circuit of the United Pentecostal Church camp meetings 
and they find out where certain ministers are preaching of our fellowship, and they will order every one of their tapes, and then they listen to them, and they take notes, and through the year, they preach our messages to their denominal congregations. There's a reason for that, brothers and sisters. Amen. Well, this group that was carried away, amen, of that number, some wept. Of that number, some compromised. But of that number, amen, there were others that said, we ain't going that way. We're not going to sit around having a pity party. I'm going to tell you, a pity party is the easiest thing in the world to throw. It's hard to get anybody to come to it, but it's the easiest thing to throw. Amen. And we're not going there. We're not going to sit around and feel sorry for ourselves. Amen. And we're also not going the way of the world. We're not, we're not selling this truth out. We're not selling this gospel out. We're not selling this righteous walk out. We're not giving up. So that only leaves us the non-adversarial, non-compromise stance. Daniel 1 verse 5 says, And the king appointed them, meaning them all, a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, which we know had been offered to his gods. It was the beginning steps of their assimilation. They knew this had been offered to their gods. And uh, they were hungry. And, and Jerusalem had been in quite a siege. And, and oh my, oh my. And he was going to do this, nourishing them for three years. That at the end of that three years, they might stand before the king. Three years of working on their minds, working on their souls, working on their spirits, feeding them his wine, his meat, teaching them his way, getting it all down so that they were ready for his purpose. Amen. But I want to talk about that non-adversarial, non-compromise. Brother Smith, you did such a good job last night. I'm going to ask you to help me again tonight. So beginning at verse 8, read. But who? But who? But Daniel. Turn my good brother up. But Daniel purposed in his heart he would not defile himself. I'm not sitting under the tree and throwing a pity party. I'm not selling out to the compromise. I've made up my mind. I've purposed in my heart. I will not defile myself with the king's meat. Or the wine which he drank. Or the dry or the wine which he drank. Wherefore the princes, he requested of the princes of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. I don't want to defile myself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of God the God brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Now can I, can I tell you something right here? I'm glad the Bible said he was the prince of the eunuchs. Because if he hadn't, 
There would be people today saying, see, uh-huh, even Daniel. No, 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 no. And can I also tell you that Daniel, for that prince of the eunuchs to so care about him and so love him and so endear himself to him, that I, Daniel, when he purposed in his heart he would not defile himself with the king's meat or the king's wine, I'm telling you, he did not go to that prince of the eunuchs poke him in the chest and say, Bubba, get that slop out of here. I'm not eating that. Feed it to the pigs. It ain't coming down my door. I ain't going to live that way. Do you hear me? It had been kind of hard for that prince of the eunuchs to like the guy. I mean, I appreciate your stand but your spirit's a little on the raunchy side. I, I, I like what you're standing for, but you don't make it real appetizing to be like you. There's three attitudes in the end time. This third one, as we shall see, won the world. Read. And the prince of the eunuchs said unto Daniel, I fear my lord the king. Now, Daniel, if you don't eat this stuff and you do whatever you're going to do, I'm afraid of Nebuchadnezzar. Who's appointed your meat and your drink. He's the one that chose your meat and your drink, not me. For why should he see your faces worse lacking than the children which are of your sort? And in three years, there's going to be all these other Israelites and they're going to be standing there and they're going to be, you know, good and they're going to see you all shriveled up and he's going to look at me and say what in the world happened to these guys and I'm going to try and give an answer and my head's going to be on the chopping block I, I understand your conviction I appreciate this but you got to understand you're putting me in a bad spot read then shall you, then shall you make me endanger my head to the king read there you go Prove thy servants, I beseech thee, ten days. And so Daniel said, I'll tell you what. Prove us ten days. And let them give us pulse to eat. And pulse to, drink. to eat. I read one place that was like granola. I read several others. It was vegetables. We're going on a vegetarian diet. Amen. Then now for me, that would be like a really big sacrifice. <laughs> I mean, arise, slay, and eat was written for me. Hallelujah. But he said, give us pulse to eat and water to drink. Then let our countenance be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat. Now, king, I'm going to tell you something. There's the king, or a prince, there's the king's wine and there's the king's meat and they're having themselves a wonderful time eating it. I'm going to tell you what, we're not into that. I'll tell you what. You just give us good old-fashioned pulse to eat. We'll just stick with the good old book. Amen. They can do all of their fads and their fashions. You just let us have the good old book, and you let us drink of the water of the Spirit of Almighty God. 
Hallelujah. Can I tell you something about the Word of God and the Spirit of God? It is our fare. It is what we live on. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And there is a well springs up in us unto everlasting life. There's a reason our young people that fare on the Word of God and the Spirit of God shine. There's a reason. I have a good friend of mine. He attended a denominational meeting just to check it out. They found out who he was, and they said, Why on earth does the United Pentecostal Church have all the best preachers? I'll tell you why. We stick with the good old book and the Spirit of Almighty God. You check us out 10 days from now, 10 months from now, 10 years from now, and we're still going to be a-okay. Read. Let our countenance be looked on, and as thou seest, deal with thy servants. So check us out in ten days. So he consented to them in the matter and proved them ten days. Read. And at the end of ten days. At the end of ten days, over here, was the old boys that had been drinking the king's wine. And the king's meat. And over here was Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego. It's amazing to me. Daniel took his stand. It doesn't state that Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego did. It says Daniel did. But then they said, me too. If he can do it, we'll do it. Sometimes people just need a leader. Hallelujah. Sometimes young people, they just need a leader that stands up and says, I ain't going. I ain't acting like that. I'm not listening to that. I made up my mind by the goodness of God and the grace of God. I want to do and make him happy. And when he takes that stand, others say, me too, me too, me too. So it's 10 days later. And they're checking them all out. And these guys are over there. Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego. Daniel, step forward. And Nebuchadnezzar says, Woo! Who's them dudes? Man, we must have put them through a regimen. Actually, sir, they put themselves through one. Well, somebody cooked right for them. They actually cooked for themselves, sir. Well, what have they been eating? Veggies and water. And they come out looking like that? Yes, sir. And if you think that's something, sir, start asking them questions. They may not be able to give you the batting records for the top five in the top leagues. They may not be able to answer 
amen, who's the biggest gross moneymaker, amen, in the rock industry. But you ask him some questions about life and death and truth and air and glory, and they're ready. They're ready to talk about the important things in life that'll change a world and change a kingdom. Ask them about their doctrine. Ask them about their God. Ask them about their truth. Talk to them about baptism. Talk to them about the Holy Ghost. Talk to them about Jesus' name. I'm telling you, they're as sharp as anybody you've ever met. And I'll tell you something else, sir. Ask him something. Daniel? Yes, sir. Somebody over here. Hey, Shamal. Yeah. What you want? Yeah, what, what? We need to know, man. I'm here. What's up? Lay it on me. Shadrach? Yes, sir. I'm going to tell you something amazing. I've told the young people in our church many times, and I'm watching it come to pass. The world is begging for you to find somebody in the workplace of our nation. Amen. They'll be there on Friday because they're not out partying to get a drunk. They're not going to rob you blind. They'll be there Monday morning. They'll be there on time. They'll do what they're supposed to do. They're not stealing you left and right. It's yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. They know how to treat the public. They don't know how to chip on their shoulder. It's they know what it's about. I'm telling you, young people, the world is begging for the likes of you. I got young people that are going to the top. It's mind-boggling. Read. At the end of ten days, their countenances appeared fairer and fatter in flesh than all the children which did eat the portion of the king's meat. Read. Thus, Melzar took away the portion of their meat and the wine that they should drink and gave them pulse. As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill. God gave them knowledge. God gave them skill. In all learning and wisdom. In all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Read. Now the end of these days that uh, that the king had said he would bring them in, then the prince of the eunuchs brought them before Nebuchadnezzar. Three years later. And the king communed with him. And, and he among sat down them, asking him all kinds of questions. Read. And among them was found none like Daniel, Hananiah. There was nobody like Daniel. Nobody like Hananiah. Nobody like Azariah. Nobody like Michelle. Therefore stood they before the king. Guess who stood before the king? It wasn't the people out weeping under the, under the trees and hanging their harps in the willow saying the good old days are over. I'm here to tell you the good old days are right ahead of us. 
I'm here to tell you the greatest days of the church are right now. And it was not those sluggish, cold, sated, full, carnal, worldly. It was those that purposed in their hearts. We're not defiling ourselves with the king's meat. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not ugly. I'm not better than anybody else. There's just, there's some things, there's some music we don't listen to. We, do, we don't go there. I purposed in my heart. I mean, there's just some things we don't watch. There's, I don't care if it's on your cell phone. I don't care if it's on your watch. I don't care where. It's, there's some things we don't watch. There's some areas we don't go. We're just not going there. That's where the world's going. That's Hollywood. That's, that's not us. I want to do what God wants me to do. And after a while, it shows up. What you eat, what you fare on, it shows up. Read. And in all matters of wisdom. In all manners of wisdom. And understanding. Understanding. That the king inquired of them. He found them ten times better than How many times better? Astrologers that How many times better? Ten times. Ten? He found them ten times better than all than all the magicians, magicians and astrologers, astrologers that were in all his realm. The best that he could produce. These boys weren't dealing with familiar spirits, doctrines of devils. They weren't eating from the table of idols. And they were ten times better. We got a, a young lady in our church, Sister Naomi. Sister Naomi Chavez. She joined... ROTC. I, I didn't even know she was in ROTC. But she was in it. She never, ever one time went but what she was in a skirt, a good length holiness skirt. And they allowed her. She was top of the class. She graduated valedictorian out of a 1,200 plus high school senior class. Top out of 1,200. But they were fixing to take her ROTC group, which was superlative, off on a tour to show others how it was done and to really show them off. So they called in Naomi and they said, Naomi, uh, you know, we, we've allowed you to wear your skirt and everything, but when you go on this lengthy trip, uh, you, you can't wear the skirt anymore. You're going to have to wear slacks. And she said, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's no problem. I just, I, I, I won't go. It's, a, it's okay. And they said, no, 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 no. We really want you to go. She said, but I, 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 I can't wear that. I won't, I won't do that. 
They said, well, we'll talk about it. So they came back and they said, now listen, we really want you to go. And she said, well, I, 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 I'm, I it's okay. I'm, I'm not going to go. I understand your situation. I, I'm just not going to go. They said, we want a meeting with your parents and your pastor. She said, well, that's no problem. I'm sure they'd be very happy to come. She said, but I do want you to know it has no difference. I mean, they'd be glad to talk to you, but they're not the reason. It's not them. This is a God thing. It's me and my God. And I made up my mind a long time ago, so I understand. They said, okay, Naomi, maybe you don't understand. If you don't go, we're dropping you from ROTC. She said, well, if you do, if you do, you do, and, and I, I, it's up to you. It's your decision, and you know, you only can do what you got to do. So they called her back in a few days later. Have you changed your mind? Uh, no, sir. Okay. You will be officially dropped from ROTC, and you will lose all your credits. She said, that's your decision, sir. It's totally up to you. I, I told you from the beginning, I understand. Uh, I didn't mean to put you in a bad spot. I just know what I can do and what I can't do. And so you can only do what you can do and you can't do, so it's, it's whatever. You're dismissed. Thank you, sir. A few days later, they called her back in. Naomi? Yes, sir. Have you changed your mind? No, sir. Okay. You can go on the trip. And you can wear your skirt. Furthermore, every single girl in our unit have notified us that from this day forward, they will wear nothing but dresses as long as yours are until you are finished and graduated from high school. Can I tell you, the world is still waiting for its Daniels, its Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego's. The hour is upon us. We don't have to be adversarial, and we don't have to compromise. I'm telling you, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I sat in the vast 6,000 plus people outside Arena Auditorium. And I watched Naomi give the valedictorian address to over 6,000 people, number one out of 1,200. And I listened to her speech as she made 16 references to her great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
She's not a fanatic. She's not a fool. She's brilliant. She's got a fabulous testimony. She came from a home of heartache and sorrow and pain, but she made up her mind. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to be the salt of the earth by the grace of God. I'm not getting under a tree and throwing a pity party, and I'm not going the way of the world. I will be non-compromised and non-adversarial. Did we finish with that? Chapter 2, begin reading at verse 1. And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled, and his sleep brake from him. Then the king commanded to call the magicians, the astrologers, and the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans, for to show the king his dream. So they came and stood before the king, and the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream, and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. And so they said, O king, tell us the dream. We'll give you the interpretation. He said, well, there's a catch here. I can't remember the dream. You tell me the dream and the interpretation. King, the only way that could happen is if the gods was to come down here and be with us, and it don't work that way. So you just tell us a dream. We'll give you the interpretation. We got many to draw from. He said, I knew you guys that do that. You're playing for time. You don't got it. And Nebuchadnezzar being Nebuchadnezzar, he commanded, kill them all! Every last one of them! I want every wise man in the kingdom dead! And so they were going about to round them all up. And when they got to Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego's house, Daniel said, whoa. Why is the king so hasty? I'll tell you what. There's a God in heaven that reveals secrets. And... Me and my buddies, by the mercies of God, we've kept in contact with him. We got a good communication thing going, it's going to be all right. Just give us a night. And they prayed. Amen. And saw God. Verse 27. Daniel answered in the presence of the king and, and said, that night Daniel had a dream. God gave him the dream, the interpretation of it. He's standing before Nebuchadnezzar and he answers before the king. The secret which the king had demanded cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king. But there is a God in heaven. There is a God in heaven. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He'll never change. Read. He revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and thy vision of thy head upon thy bed are these. And he began to tell him, you saw a great image, head of gold, arms, chest of silver, stomach, waist of brass, legs of iron. And the king said, that's it. 
And he says, and you, Nebuchadnezzar, in this kingdom of Babylon is the head. The media Persians are coming. That will be, amen, the silver. And then that will be the brass of the Greek. And he explains it all to him. He gets it all. Verse 46. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face. He fell on his face. And worshipped Daniel. He worshipped Daniel. And commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet Offer up some him. sweet incense. This guy's something else. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord. Your God is not like our gods. Your God is not like the magician's God. Your God... You're serving a different God. You're hooked up to a powerful God. And can I tell you, our God is the same tonight. He has not changed. Read. He's a revealer of secrets. See, and thou couldst reveal this secret. Then the king made Daniel a great man. He Listen now. He made him a great man. And gave him many gifts. And made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon. Hey, boy. You're my right-hand man. You're ruling over the whole shebangy. And chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. But listen. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he king, said... King, king, king. He said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province I'm going to tell you what, King. I don't want to be that. I don't know. No, no, no. I got three guys here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These guys are awesome. Why don't you give them that job? I, I, I don't want that. Now, how often does a king hear that? Read. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. But Daniel said, all I want to do is sit in the gate of the king. I'm going to take care of you personally. Just let me sit out here by the gate. Let these boys, they can well handle those affairs. Nebuchadnezzar. Whoa. Do you know what the, the best definition of power is? Influence. Now can you imagine Nebuchadnezzar sitting on his throne and Daniel saying, uh, I'd like to speak to the king, please. And going to the king and saying, Daniel would like to speak. And then, who? Daniel, bring him in. I want to hear what Daniel's got to say. And Daniel comes in. Not a bunch of pomp. Not a bunch of. He just whispers in the king's ear. Oh, king. I just. Just a suggestion. It's just a thought. But, you know, thus and so and this and that. I've been thinking, I've been praying about it. I don't feel real good about that. I just, oh, Daniel, baby, never fear. It's done. Hey, you all get over there. You fix that. Daniel. Anything you come up with, you come talk to me. Okay. Yes, sir. Thank you. And he didn't go under a tree to hang his harp in a willow. And he didn't go out the way of the world. He went back to the gate and he kept loving his God. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not going to be that much longer. Though you may think I am. Chapter 3, verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold. Nebuchadnezzar backslid pretty quick. He makes a big image of gold. Height was three score cubits. Sixty cubits. The breadth, six cubits. Six cubits breadth. He set it up in the plain of Dura. Set it up in the plain. Verse 5. That at what time you, and hear, when the you sound hear the sound of the cornet, of the cornet flute, flute, harp, harp sackbut, sack, psaltery, uh, dulcimer, uh, and all kinds of music. And all that. You fall down. And I want everybody in. in the world that's here to fall down on their face and worship my image. And they started playing the music. And Jews that had started out with king's meat and king's drink. And they became so intoxicated with the king's world. And the convictions and things didn't bother them. They could do about anything nowadays. And, and now there's this image. Man, that's, that's, like, that's like idolatry, isn't it? I, I think so. What is he going to, he's, he said, if you don't do it, he's going to throw you in a burning fire furnace. Well, that means no more, you burn up, there's no more meat and drink, is there? No more good times. I mean, you really burn you. Oh, well. I started selling out years ago. What difference is it going to make just one more thing? And when the music played, the king looked up and he saw as far as the eye could see all around, everything was bowing. Can I stop and insert something right here? I do vote for pre-trib rapture. Please, Jesus, get us out of here. He better do it. Because if he doesn't, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen with some people. Now, I don't want to be ugly. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking to the president tonight. I'm talking to all of us Israelites in Babylon. You know what my fear is, Brother Singleton? You know what my, my fear is, Brother Wheatley? My fear is if the Lord does tarry and these things come to pass and he doesn't take us out, my fear is that people that can go to 1 Corinthians 11, 11, and they can figure out that it's okay to cut your hair, ladies, because, you know, this and that. And that same outlook will figure out why it's okay to take a mark in your right hand and in your forehead. The same spirit, the same mentality, the same well, you know, I mean, after all, 
If you take the mark, I don't have to worry about nobody robbing me. We ain't got no money. I don't have to worry about them, you know, stealing out of my bank account. I don't have to worry about so many. It makes sense. Can I tell you, when you start selling out, there ain't no stopping. Somewhere you got to make up your mind. I'm not sitting under the willow tree, and I'm not going the way of the world. We're going to live for God. We're going to do what my God wants us to do. So Nebuchadnezzar is looking out, and he's enjoying the sight. They're all on their faces. They're all bowing. They're all... Everybody sit down, but you three boys right there. You three. No, you, you go ahead and sit down. No, you stand up. There you go. It's... Ooh. Didn't we tell everybody to bow? Yeah. What's their problem? I don't know, sir. Go find out. Uh, boys, what's your problem? Well, <clears throat> see, that's, uh, that's an idol. And uh, see, we're, we're, uh, we're Hebrews, you know, and Israelites, and we don't bow down to idols. Okay, wait here. A king? Yeah? It's a God thing. You get him and bring him here. Do you understand? Did I not make it plain? When you hear the sound of the cornet of the heart, when you hear all that, you're supposed to bow down. Okay, live forever. You know, we're not careful to answer thee, but our God... He's able to deliver us. But, but if he doesn't, you know, we just, we ain't going to bow down. And that fried him bad. Now you two brethren, come here. You guys got any back trouble? You all right? Nobody got any back trouble? Okay, we'll make sure. The king said, I want you to heat that furnace up seven times hotter than it was ever want to be heated. And it's getting brighter and brighter and redder and redder. And he, do you boys see that? Yes, sir, O king, we see it. I'm giving you one last chance, you little turkeys. Are you going to bow or not? Um, no, sir. He got the biggest baddest dudes of the kingdom. There's the furnace. I'm Michelle. And he got the biggest, baddest dudes in the kingdom that were going to take them to the fire. Now, they're not under the willow tree having a pity party. They're not out there on the plains of Shinar bound down. They're headed to the fiery furnace. They were non-compromised. They were non-adversarial. What if it would have been like this? Okay, let's go. 
you bunch of reprobates. You're going to burn. You sorry outfit. You think you're going to get me. God's going to burn you. You ain't seen nothing yet. That'd been a little tacky around the edges, wouldn't it? But that's not the way they did it. There's a fire furnace. Before we go, do you mind if I just take a moment? Great God, Jehovah. You've been good to me all my life. You've never failed me. My heart goes out to these men. Okay, let's go. Non-adversarial, non-compromise. And, and I'll, I promise you guys, I'll help you up. But could you lay down there for just a minute? I'll help you down, I'll help you up. <laughs> and the biggest, baddest dudes that Nebi had were killed on the spot. And Nebi looks down from whatever vantage point he had. How many people we throw in there? Three, O King. I see a fourth man in the fire. Okay. Well, if it had been me, I'd have needed help. But anyway, hold on, hold on, hold on. And so now, it's Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Find the good part about what he did for them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach. Blessed be the God of Shadrach. Meshach. Meshach. Who has sent his angel. Who has sent his angel. And delivered his servants that trusted in him. Read. And have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore. Therefore. I make a decree that every people, every people, nation, nation, language, which speak anything amiss against the God. If anybody speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, shall be cut in pieces. We'll cut that dude in pieces. And their houses be made a dunghill. Now see, Nebuchadnezzar didn't have to keep a good spirit. Read. Because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Now get this. Then Out on the plains, everybody's bowing down. And in the palace, Nebi done changed gods. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Read. 
Then the king promoted Shadrach. He promoted Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego in the province of Babylon. Now, I got a question. Where was Daniel? I read one scholar who purported to believe that Daniel was out on the plains in a moment of weakness. That's a lie. Can I tell you something? God showed me where Daniel was. He did. You want to know where he was? I'm going to tell you. God showed me. He was wherever God wanted him to be. But God, whoa, 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 boys. But God didn't want Daniel there that day. Daniel might have been over God only knows where, where Nebi had sent him. God didn't want him there that day. I'll tell you why. Because God wanted to see what Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego would do without their pastor. Come on, boys. Have you got it in your hearts if your pastor's not looking over your shoulder? We're not going to live that way. I don't care if the pastor's not here. I'm doing it. It's a God thing. It's between me and him. And that's why God saw to it. They were promoted. They weren't under willow trees having pity parties. They weren't on the plains of Shinar bound to a big God. They were in the process of being promoted and more and more powerful in their world. You may be seated. Chapter 6. I'm almost done. Musicians, come. Don't play. Just give us hope. <laughs> Chapter 6, verse 3, read. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes. Now, Nebuchadnezzar's gone. Babylon is gone. The Chaldean Empire is over. I'm going to tell you something. Heaven and earth will pass away. But this word and his kingdom and everything built on it will never pass away. We've got a kingdom which cannot be moved. Thank God for the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So now it's the Media Persian Empire. Read. He was preferred because an excellent spirit was in him. Because why? An excellent spirit was in him. Daniel was preferred over all of the, all the Persians, presidents and the presidents and princes because an excellent, excellent spirit. spirit was in him. He'd learned a long time ago. Pity parties. 
don't impress nobody. He learned a long time ago, compromise and selling out is a short-lived deal. He learned a long time ago, non-compromise, non-adversarial, an excellent spirit. Read. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. And the king said, I'm going to put that dude over everything. Read. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion but that against Daniel. That didn't go over with everybody. Not everybody was tickled over that. So they sought to find occasion against Daniel. But they could find none occasion. But no they could not find any occasion. For as much as he was faithful. He was faithful. Neither was there any error or there fault. There was no error. There was no fault in the man. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel. We're not going to get a handle on him. Except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. He so loves. He so adheres to this book. If we snag him. It's got to be with this. Because that's the only way. Read. Then the king rose early in the morning. Oh, okay, okay. And so this is what happened. So they go to the king, these princes, these wise men. King Darius, live forever. King, you're so awesome. You are the coolest dude we've ever had. I can't imagine a king greater. Probably true. King, I'm going to tell you what. We need to, you know what? Why don't you make a decree that for 30 days ain't nobody can pray to any God in the kingdom. If they pray, they got to pray to Darius the king. And the king said, whoa. He said, sign right here. Put your seal. Put your stamp. Oh, king, live forever. And he's really feeling good. And the word gets out in the kingdom. And Daniel reads the decree. He's an old man now. He's not young. It's not Nebuchadnezzar. makes his way to the window. It's early in the morning. He opens it up and he faces Jerusalem. Great Jehovah God, I started on this journey a long, long time. I can't even begin to think of the times you kept me, you spared me, you elevated me. Very probably, Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, they've been with you a few years now. For whatever reason, I'm still here. But God, I love you. And I worship you. 
and he can feel the eyes across the square staring at him. And at noontime, he reopens his window. And that evening, he does the same. Great Jehovah God. And when they got all the witnesses they need, they come in to the presence of the King. Let's all stand. Oh, King Darius, live forever. Yep. Did you not make a decree that nobody could pray for 30 days to any God but you? I sure did. Well, somebody broke your decree. Who would dare to do that? Well, his name is Daniel. Oh, you idiot, you stupid, stupid, ignorant king. What a fool I was. You guys did this on purpose. Oh, king, live forever. Well, I'll get it. King, you can't break the decree. It's the law of the Medes and the Persians. We got the documents signed, sealed, and delivered. He went to every attorney in the kingdom. They all shook their heads. It's over. The king. What would Daniel do? I know what that man would do. He humbled himself. The king got in sackcloth and ashes. The king fasted all night. The king chased all the musicians out. The king prayed. Oh, Daniel's God, spare your man. And the next day, early in the morning, the king went to the pit where Daniel and the lions were. Begin reading. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice. A lamentable voice! And the king spake and said to Daniel, Daniel! Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God. Servant of the living God! Is thy God whom thou servest Is your God that you serve continuously able to deliver thee from Was the Was he able to deliver you from the land? Then said Daniel unto then the king. Then said Daniel, Yeah, that's right, you old reprobate. Oh, king, live forever. Non-adversarial, non-compromise. Oh, king, live forever. Yes. Read. Then, the, then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and language that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree. I am making a new decree now. That in every dominion of my kingdom. Now, I'm going to tell you what he did. First of all, he got those wise men. He said, boys, Daniel made it. They said, really? 
He said, yes, but you're going to pay a trip to where he was. Really? Yes. And he threw him overboard. And before they hit the ground, the lions rose up and met him in the air. Then the king sits down and writes this letter. Read. That in every dominion of my kingdom. In every dominion of my kingdom. Men tremble and fear. I want everybody to tremble. I want everybody to fear. For he is the living God. He is the living God. And steadfast forever. He is steadfast forever. In his kingdom that which shall.